assists to three Peter Munn, uh, Ross Carpenter, and Sam Lively. And last night, if you lived under a rock and don't know, the Boston Red Sox secured their fourth title in 15 years, beating the LA Dodgers in the World Series. So uh, how do we feel about that, boys? Awesome. It's satisfying to see the Dodgers lose. Yeah, back-to-back World Series losses for the Dodgers. Guess I'm just not here. <laughs> as, as a non, as a, someone who hasn't watched the Red Sox as much, how do you feel about the postseason, Sam? Great. I loved it. I loved watching it. It's like the first time I've really loved watching baseball. Did you fall in love with this team? I did. That's big. As, as, as a diehard Red Sox fan for, I don't even know now, like 10 years, this has been my favorite team. I mean, Absolutely. I fell in love with this team. I know a lot of people hold the 2014 in high regard. Sadly, I just was not old enough to really uh, understand the significance of, of what they did. Looking back, I, I can say, like, wow, you broke an 86-year curse. You came back after the Yankees won the first three games of the uh, ALCS. But, like, I just didn't know that team that well. They had some great guys, you know, Kevin Millar, Pedro, Derek Lowe. Like, they had some very Manny, Ortiz, but... I just think this team just had such a bond. And it's curious you're talking about the playoffs because, like, when I know hockey, that's your sport. And when hockey starts, everybody loves playoff hockey. It's like becomes uh, an obsession. People who don't even watch hockey get into the playoffs, much like myself. So to see someone like playoff baseball, like, what, how does that change your perception of the sport? Is that at all, Sam? What is that? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go to me. <laughs> I, I was just basically saying that, like, you know, this was, like, your first time probably really watching playoff baseball, and playoff hockey is, like, yeah. hockey on steroids, like, yeah. everything. What did, what did this do for baseball, seeing playoff baseball um, kind of for the first time? Well, it, it definitely, I mean, my trouble with baseball is that it's, I think what makes regular season baseball a little tedious for me makes postseason baseball great. Like, it's the, the no clock, the fact that it's, you know, each team gets its shot. Like it, that's in the regular season when games are just like drowning on and on and on. That that can that that's always gotten to me as someone who never played baseball and just doesn't really understand the nuance of it. So in those games where they're stretching, they're stretching out. I I it just doesn't leave a lot for me to dig into and enjoy. Um, but postseason baseball. I mean, even that. Even that marathon game, there was something to appreciate about all of it, and just because of the stakes, uh, it definitely makes it more easy to watch, much more easy to engage with. Um, and I think that that this team had a lot of guys step up who were not supposed to step up was made that even more special. Yeah, that's it's it's awesome to get contributions from like guys that. You didn't even expect, like, Pierce winning MVP, and Pierce wasn't even on the roster. He was traded mm. for in April, and everyone was like, who the hell is this guy? I didn't even really know who he was. He was from Toronto, but it's not like it was, like, a marquee pickup, and that guy is your World Series MVP. It's awesome, too, that he was a Red Sox fan his whole life. Yeah. Him and J.D. Martinez, too. J.D.'s, like, 18th birthday, I think it was, went to the Fenway Park. So, yeah, I think, I think what's also very, very interesting <coughs> and, and something that I liked about this team was that they only had one player who had won a World Series, and that was Xander Bogarts. And Every, he was, like, barely on that yeah, team. He was, yeah, he was a rookie that year. And so for everybody to be hungry for a championship, 
I mean, it it totally changes the legacy of guys like Price and Sale and Kimbrell and, you know, Mookie Betts down the line and JD. It's like those guys are, are chasing rings, and they finally got one. Someone was really chasing a ring. I mean, it didn't show by the way he played what was Kinsler. I mean, he went to... <laughs> Yeah. How many with the Rangers and lost? And, I mean, you can see why now that he lost because he's a choke artist. But yeah, he sucks. He's I mean, probably the only guy in this team. Him and Drew Pomerantz are probably the two people I, I just don't like. I don't not like Pomerantz because, like, it's tough. He got hurt in spring training. What, he like, tore a ligament in his forearm? Like, of course he's going to lose velocity and control. And he tried to come back, and he was not himself. And, I mean, he was good. What was it? Last... Not this past season, the year before that, yeah. He had a 3.32 ERA, and he had 17 wins. He was our second-best pitcher. I mean, like, I feel bad for the guy. He was supposed to be the number three pitcher on this team. How how disheartening is it to, you're on the World Series roster, your your team has literally used every other (laughs) player. 18 innings. 24 is a 25-man roster. 24 people played. They're literally throwing Nathan Avaldi yeah. out there for a hundred pitches, like seven innings of relief. The other team's using all their players. Yeah, everyone's using. And everybody. like you're the one guy. You're the one guy who's still like you're, you're oh, in the one of fifty that did not touch the field. Yeah. <laughs> during that eighteen inning marathon, you're the only player in the World Series who didn't touch the field. I'm pretty sure. Kershaw, but no, Kershaw batted. Didn't he? No, 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 I'm saying like overall oh, the, oh, entire the entire World, World Series, Series yeah. every single but player. Even that played. one game. Even Swihart got in for a pinch yeah. run. Yes, Swihart. He had a couple. Yeah, Blake Swihart in the World Series had two at-bats. And I mean, I don't know if there's a guy in the Dodgers bullpen who didn't play. I, I, I really don't know. I think Alex Wood was the last guy in their pen, though, that game. Mm-hmm. So I think that everyone, everyone played for the Dodgers. Yeah. Not only that, but Drew Palmer was the only guy in the roster who didn't play the whole postseason. Yeah, he didn't play. He wasn't even on the rosters yeah. for the AL. Even the guy that he replaced played in the and postseason. He sucks though. Workman, he was. Good. Workman was Workman was good until that one outing, and then. But still, I mean, I mean, not not to get hung hung up on a bunch of no name players, but I just think like, like going into the playoffs, like I even even after his first start, David Price was just on my shit list. Yeah. I didn't like David Price. He was someone who got paid a million dollars to start, never delivered in big regular season games was just a puddle of a human being in the playoffs, and he's now my like favorite player on the team. He was awesome. He was amazing. He was intense too. He brought he brought a lot he brought a lot to the team. He I think he changed the perspective yeah. that a lot of people had on him for a long Absolutely. time. If he, he was a free respect. agent this year he actually might make if he opts out. If like he we'll opts out, he'd that. make a lot of money. I don't think he could yeah. top the amount of money that he's already getting, though. Yeah, he's That's why he's not opting out. Yeah, no, I know, but like he could still make close to that after what he did this postseason. Close to it. But and he had what? a, what, a three-point you got to keep in mind, he's, what, a 31, 32-year-old pitcher going into free he's 33. Yeah, so he's even older, so they're not going to be giving him as much money in the back end of that contract as he has with the Red Sox right yeah. now. I mean, David Price's ERA in the playoffs this year was 3-4-6. That's not bad. Seeing Especially as, considering yeah. his first start, he gave up, I don't even remember how many runs in one inning. Not even one inning. Uh, yeah, no. And he gave up uh, three earned runs and one inning and two-thirds pitched. Yeah. So that ERA was three four six is actually a very good ERA, especially in the, yeah, in the postseason. People just think like, oh, you're giving up three runs to start. No, he's probably given up like two. about two runs to start because yeah, he's going six or seven innings. So I just think that that proved 
his yeah, ERA in the played amazing in the uh, LDS, the ALDS was sixteen point two, and so for him to get that down to yeah. three Mets wins makes him pretty stoked after that. But even the first Astros start wasn't great, but he gave it. He gave him a chance to yeah, win. Yeah, that was like the bridge. Yeah, it, the... It, it, that was like after that game, it was like okay, he pitched a decent game. Yeah. He won the game he started. He obviously didn't get credit for the win, only going five and two thirds. I mean, four and two thirds, but. It was the next start. Is he gonna go back to what he was before and yeah. lose, or is this something that was that one start kind of like the beginning of something great? And it was. Yeah. I mean, he was phenomenal, and he he picked up the slack because Chris Sale was not himself. Chris Sale was himself for one inning, and that was the bottom of the ninth inning. Most when Chris Sale started, the first inning he usually looked like himself. Without a little, like the velocity was a little down, but like he was. He was he came out firing. It was more like he didn't have the energy and the stamina that he used to have to keep doing that. So I mean he was fine. Like if you look back at the postseason and you didn't know who Chris Sale was, I mean you'd be like, wow, that guy was a pretty pretty decent pitcher, right? Yeah. It's just that we expect him to go out there and sh- you know eight innings, shut out the team, you know, thirteen strikeouts. That's what we expect of him. Exactly. He didn't do that, but he still was a fine pitcher. Like, he and David Price, honestly, were pretty similar in what they did. David Price maybe was a little bit better, but, like, that just shows where Chris Sale's expectations are and the talent he has. Yeah, no, I, I think Chris Sale, you hold him to a very, very high, high standard. I mean, his ERA through all of the postseason was 4-1. So it's not great. Don't get me wrong, that's not, like, excellent. But, again, in perspective of how, how long your starts are, he was going, like, five or six innings. I mean, a 4-1 ERA. Was not terrible. He was like, you know, in the six or was seven. Was it really a four one? Yeah, it was a four point. Did he ever give up more than three earned runs in a start? And uh, a lot of times he would give up one or two. In the ALCS, he pitched one game. Obviously, started it. He had six innings, five hits, two earned runs. In the ALCS, he started one game, threw four innings, two earned runs. Uh, and then in the World Series, he pitched. Um, one game started, uh, five innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs. And so I think most of it uh, kind of was that last that last World Series, his, his game one start. What did you guys What did you guys think about Price's comments after the game, saying, like, I hold all the cards now, talking to the media? It's, it's kind of funny, I think, how once you – sort of get the monkey off your back, the optics can change where it's, yeah. <laughs> where you, you know, I feel like that type of thing, that sort of attitude he's always had to the press, like sort of that you don't really know what it takes and you know, until you're me kind of thing. And uh, it kind of got him a lot of hate in his first couple of years with Boston. Yeah. And now it's sort of it's amazing <clears throat> how the script can change now. And yeah. <laughs> Did you no, guys people, like that? Or yeah, was that sort I mean, of people like him now. I mean, I'm, I like his firepower now. I mean, he's yeah. just he has he has a lot more energy. He's a lot, he's a lot more intense. Um, I mean, he really wanted to win this year, and I mean, you could tell like every time he was on the bench and he came to the bench. I mean, he was the first guy who ran out after Vasquez to hug Sale. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He he was, like, he was like, I don't, I don't want to say the most energetic, but I mean, he was up there. Uh, Chris Chris Sale's most energetic. He's Chris Sale. But when yeah. when Chris Sale walked out of the bullpen and they were all Everyone sitting was there clapping for him, oh my, oh my god. god, that was hilarious. that was a goosebump yeah, that's, moment. That's fucking, and they had uh, 
and they had that like it was very cinematic. They had the camera guy was like underneath him, like yeah. like getting him from getting him from under as yeah. he walked out of the pen. It was that was that was fucking badass. Yeah. I like that. But the whole like I hold the cards now and Price's yeah. relationship with the media, like I watched his his press conference um, last night after we all celebrated and went crazy. I, I came back to the room and just was like kind of put back on the TV and they were they were airing it again and he was like crying talking about how like he believed in himself that he's like I knew I could do this and no one you guys the media you told me I couldn't all you kept talking about was how bad I've been in the playoffs and he's like I knew I could do it and he's like now I proved it to everybody and it was it was huge the playing in Boston's not easy I know guys have come here in the past and we kind of chew them up and spit them out and it's just, you know, sometimes it works. Some people elevate their game in a better market, and some people um, just really can't take the added pressure when you go to, like, a small market like Tampa. You know, not how many big baseball fans are in Tampa? In Boston, everyone's breathing down your, your neck. And so for him to rise to the occasion and kind of shut everyone up, including myself, you know, I won't say I was, like, a David Price fan before this playoffs. Um, all credit to him. He changed his legacy forever. Um, and that's why I think he's the real MVP of the Boston Red Sox 2018 championship run. Because he was the guy that was a huge question mark. He stepped up when Sale was a little slacking. He gave the team energy. He was um, an emotional roller coaster. And I give him a lot of credit. I know Steve Pierce took home the, took home the MVP for the World Series. But I would have given it to David Price, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I I I wanted Price to win it over Pierce. I mean, I thought Pierce was great, but I mean, like without Price, I don't know if you win. Without Pierce, you still might win. I think that the fact that Pierce hit his home run in the first inning, it kind of it changed the game, changed the outcome, let David Price settle in. So I think that they went from the momentum uh, that Pierce had gotten instead of the uh, stellar performance of Price. They were both deserving but i don't think they could have gone wrong with either of those no, two. Pierce was, yeah. there's nothing wrong with pierce at all but i either one would have made me equally happy it's not i i guess you, you could definitely make the case that it would be more of like the perfect ending for david price to to win that mvp but you know what i tell you what i don't think he gives a fuck right now <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. either of them cared <laughs> yeah it really, i mean one of them gets a truck and the other one yeah can go buy a truck. Like, yeah. Pierce, Pierce <laughs> needs that truck way more. Than oh, David yeah, Price. True, Price true. David Price has definitely has the money for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Price makes a million dollars. David Price's MVP trophy trophy is opting in and getting what, mm. like twenty five more million dollars. Oh, more than that. I think it's like thirty. All right, it? let's yeah. bring about the argument now. Now that the season's over, now that you've watched one hundred sixty two plus of the twenty eighteen Red Sox. Where are they on your list? I mean, obviously, it's it's tough to come up with this on the fly, but where would you put them on your list of greatest teams of all time? Because there is an argument. Greatest teams of all time? Of all time in Major League history. Top five. Yeah, they got to be. I definitely put them in the top five right Since now. Yeah. Right now, the number one, I'm looking at these rosters. I would have to go with the uh, 98 New York Good. Yankees. Nice. So this is... This Didn't is like, like literally. Wins? Uh, they had 114 during the regular season. Only lost two playoff games, swept the ALCS and World Series. But that's only one less loss than what the Red Sox had this year. So, only six more wins. And I think that it's remarkable how people are kind of letting this team fly under the radar for how great they actually were. 
Yeah, I mean, when you really look at the Red Sox, like there wasn't a serious weakness. I mean, they had the best offense in the MLB. They hit home runs. They had guys who could steal bases. They had an incredible defense. I mean, look at their outfield. Your there's out, there's three said. gold glove candidates in the outfield. I mean, when you... You have an MVP. You have two MVPs in J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. Yeah, Either and then, one of them and then when you look at the infield, I mean, you have a, a very, very, very good defensive shortstop. You brought in a good defensive second baseman, which now is up in the air, but he... That's what he's brought in for, and I mean, Mitch Moreland is considered one of the best he defensive first basemen. Gold glove all star. Yeah, he he was Rappy. barely an all star. I mean, when I mean when you look at it, and then I mean you look at I mean you look at the pitching staff too. I mean you have a Cy Young candidate, the one who should have won the Cy Young before he got hurt, and then you have David Price, a former Cy Young winner, and then you have Rick Porcello, another former Cy Young winner, and then you have Erod, one of the best young pitchers in the game, and then I mean you fill out your fifth one with like Nathan Eovaldi. Oh who, my God, Nathan. Or even like Stephen Wright at some points, who has had very good years in the past. I mean, and then you have what is considered the best closer in the game. And then, I mean, your bullpen isn't considered one of the greatest bullpens of all time, but they get the job they, done. They like That's probably what impressed me the most was the bullpen. I, I, I got to like try to look this up. I don't know what ERAs were for people, but it is absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, Joe Kelly jo- uh, had a 0.0 ERA in the World Series. He had six innings pitched. Matt Barnes, 0.0 ERA, 2.1 innings pitched. Keith Hembry, one inning pitched, 0.0 ERA. Uh, Craig Kimbrell had a high ERA because he gave up that two-run home run. Ryan Brazier had a higher ERA because he had uh, he gave up. He had a bad outing. He, had, he gave up one run in an inning and two-thirds. No, they were fans. That's I mean, Joe, Joe Kelly found his form from last year in this World Series, and it makes me confident about him potentially next year coming in and not necessarily being the setup man, but being, you know, the seventh inning guy or something like that. And, I mean, Matt Barnes has gotten better every year, and he's still in his late, I think he's in his late 20s, I think he's like 27, yeah, 28. Here we go. This is, this is crazy. For the entire postseason, Keith Hembree pitched 4.2 innings, 0.0 ERA. That is a shocker. Joe Kelly, 11.1 innings pitched, 0.79 ERA. He gave, he gave a one Ryan run. Ryan Brazier, 8.2 innings pitched in the playoffs, 1.04 ERA. Matt Barnes, 8.2 innings pitched, 1.04, 1.04 ERA. So you're, you're like four main bullpen guys, Henry Kelly, Brazier, Barnes, locked it down. In the entire postseason, with the biggest shocker there is Hembry. I mean, that guy sucks. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's garbage. <laughs> Don't hold back, Pete. Four point two innings, no hits. I love this man threw a no hitter in the entire postseason run. I mean, like I don't know when he was coming into games. But he was like, coming in when we had big leads, we're losing by a lot, hitters. or we had to throw him. Like it's so Boston that we can like win a World Series and then the next day be like. Pick a guy on this roster and be like, he sucks. <laughs> he I mean, he does. Like, the past, what, three years, he has like a high four ERA. Yeah, I mean, he least, is. He wasn't the star he, of the bullpen. He has the stuff. I just, I don't know what that, his problem is. That's the beauty of sports that you can suck and still win a ring. Yeah, that's true. But like, he's a part of it. Exactly. Like, if I'm Heath Hembry, I'm like content with what I did. In if you're Heath Hembry, you're so thankful that Stephen Wright got hurt because you aren't touching this roster otherwise. Yeah, and you know what? Somehow Drew Pomerantz did. We have to be thankful. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh my God, oh, Brandon Workman's ERA in the postseason is a forty-five. I mean, what did he have? Two innings pitched and like four One runs. One innings pitched, five earned runs. Oi. <laughs> oh, 
that's not good. No. <laughs> but I can't believe I like the bullpen. People crapped on our bullpen all year. Yeah. And they said like you know even in the going into the World Series, Ross and I were talking about it, and it was like pitching wise, it was like oh how do we match against the Dodgers? You say offensively, the Red Sox probably a little better. Starting pitching's maybe a wash. Um, bullpen give the edge to the Dodgers. Same with the Astros series. Same with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees have a nasty. Every bullpen. single series, yeah, pretty much every series, our bullpen outperformed the other team, and, and which is crazy. And that's what got it done. Yeah, that's what won you. Not only did they outperform the other team, but they exceeded expectations. Far exceeded. Expectations. Yes. So, uh, what what would you say the best postseason moment was? Man, I've been thinking about this for a while. It's it's a whole lot. I think it's like it's like if I had to pick one play. It would be the the, it might be the throw that Nunez made across the diamond to beat the Yankees. Um, was that Nunez? That was Nunez. Nunez and Pierce stretched way out. Yeah, that play really sticks out. The Benintendi diving catch is like that would be my, if we were to do one play. That's my one play. If we were to do one moment, I'd probably pick Eovaldi in the game that we lost. Yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, just mm-hmm. for everyone on that team to see what he did. I mean, they were like, for someone to put they that much really on the cry. line for this, uh, I, I think that really, that motivated the team to finish it off Yeah, that night. changed things. I don't know if what makes it better. The fact that that effort came in, in a loss or if, or if they'd won. You know what I mean? Like, if they'd won, it'd be heroic. It in a loss. But the loss was like, made it where like he put that yeah. much on and the effort. And hearing that he wanted the ball the next day after throwing 96 pitches, it's... Respect for him. Yeah, he yeah. earned a lot of respect. Handsome, handsome as all hell, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you also can't forget about the uh, the Jackie Bradley Grand Slam. That's what I was just going to say, In too. Houston, like, that was a that huge... Was, that was, that that was a huge mine. sucker punch to the Astros in that series. Also, and then, Chris Sale coming out of the bullpen is a big moment. I mean, that guy wanted to pitch the whole time, and he... he once they were five, one core was like, yeah. "You're probably not going to touch the ball again. I'm going to give you the ninth inning." I mean, that's awesome. Did you guys see the tweet of? Uh, it was uh, after it was the sale strikeout on Machado to end it, and it was like someone drew, uh, like the way Machado swung. Oh, someone drew a K, a K yeah, oh, over his that. like by forms like a perfect K. If you screenshot, is so, so fucking awesome. I think I think the Manny Machado is the final out of the World Series. Oh, that's so awesome! Perfect. He, yeah. He looked He's such a dirt so bag. bad in that last at-bat. I mean, I get it. You're down, like, four runs. Like, you're not really expecting to do anything. But, like, he literally looked like... Um, he was ready to end the season. He, yeah, he was ready to know. go to free agency. Yeah, he's yeah. like... He Which just shows you the kind of player that he is. He's oh. such a dirt bag. I hate him. He was awful in this World Series, Oh, he was too. Oh, he's a choke artist. Like, really he was bad. bad. And, and it wasn't just even... Just above 180, I think. And not only was he bad, he had but a he, long ass single off the wall because yeah. he's not Johnny Hustle. He he's easily could have been better. He's a jerk. He is a jerk. Also, could you imagine if he goes to the Yankees? That would be awesome. Did I, you hear? Oh, did the you, enemy on the enemy team. As oh. we're sitting here, I just got a notification that the Yankees are quote lukewarm on him. I think that every team got a bad taste in yeah, their mouth right? watching Why him would this you want postseason that guy? seeing him stomp on no fire. two first baseman. Yeah, Manny Machado batted one eighty two in the World Series. And yeah, it's not like his performance backed up any of his his on and off field antics. Yeah. Yeah, What about uh, and just another moment? I think is we talked about David Price already, but it's pretty awesome that this series should wrap up with him pitching eight innings on a day's rest. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty awesome. Pitching crazy well too. Yeah, I think I think if I had like not not a moment, but I just like a, a a way to 
remember this postseason was like a coming out party for a lot of guys that have struggled in Boston. Jackie Bradley, people wanted him gone years ago. Yeah, uh, he can't hit, and he comes on, wins ALCS MVP. Um, a guy like David Price again, who's just totally been shit upon by everybody in Boston. Honestly, kind of a coming out party for Devers too. He, yeah. I mean, he had a a tough year with injuries, and I mean, obviously he had power. He had like twenty three homers, and he missed yeah. over a month. You but. could say you could uh, make the same case on the Dodgers side though, because there were two guys that stick out to me as having coming out parties. That was Max Muncy. I mean, he Absolutely. was out of baseball, and then he hit a walk off. Uh, he was an all star though. I mean, he had but a good he year. was he was not good before this year. Like he yeah. was out of baseball. Yeah, he was not playing. He worked out with his dad to get back into like minor swing, league and work yeah, his way swing. back up. And then Walker Bueller. Walker. Oh, I can't. Oh, Walker Bueller. He earned uh, he earned a lot of respect from just baseball in general for his performance in Game Three. He, uh, he didn't get the win. His team ended up getting the win, but like coming out there in a must win game for them and pitching seven shutout innings. Pitched Game Seven when they needed him most. Uh, that's they that's did, the one guy the that I think the Red Sox might have feared. Game? The playing game too. He yeah he won them the playing game or the uh, the division game against the Rockies. Yeah, one sixty three for one sixty three. So he helped them win the division. He's just he seemed like he's he had it going. He's gonna be something. Future Cy Young winner. I think they the Dodgers are gonna be okay, even if Kershaw walks because they have somebody that can fill those shoes. I think. Yeah. So so like speaking of the off season yeah, in general. Um, crazy. I mean, let's I mean, let's look down the list of Red Sox free agents. I mean, what like what what would you do with them? What's what what would you do for next year? I mean, I think one of the good things about next year is the core of this team is coming back. And I guess free agency is just kind of putting it all together again and trying to get this team back to its, you know, top level. Um so I mean the first one is uh Ian Kinsler. Get rid of him. Uh, he was a fill-in for Petroya. Need that guy. Rock Holt. He's the heart of the team. Rock Holt, I think, could play second. Rock Holt is fine. He yeah. can play second. He can play second. If, like, Pedroia's still hurt. There's, there's other guys that you can sign. Oh, yeah, there's guys we can sign. There's probably somebody you could find within your organization yeah, who's that, that guy? Oh DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. If, if they're to sign a guy, him. DJ I mean, LeMahieu's going to come at a high price. Like, he's a, uh... This this ownership spends money. I mean, they, they are not afraid. I mean, Kinsler gone. I mean, I guess you you don't really I, know. I say that you guys would focus more of your finances towards uh, re-signing JD and restructuring his contract to give yeah. him a little bit more money because you already have him at a discount. You know he's going to want a lot more in free agency. Yeah. So you say you give him a little bit more money. You got to pay Mookie. Um, that's different. not that's not a priority this off season though. But it's something that you're you have in mind yeah. as you as you sign guys. Yeah. No, I know. I don't think you're signing anybody for more than like seven to ten million yeah. a year. Right. You're not going to get that out of LeMahieu. LeMahieu is probably about fifteen a year. Yeah. I mean, you could always try to, to get it. Daniel Murphy on the team, and I mean, Daniel Murphy's a good. Uh, he's a better good than bag. Kinsler, and I mean, if, if Pedroia is coming back, you have Pedroia. If he's not, then you have you know Brock Holt can be your defensive second baseman, and Murphy can be more of your offensive guy. I mean. But I don't think second baseman's a priority. No, I mean, but you, you, you got to see what's happening with Pedroia, and yeah, you just won with Ian Kinsler at second base. I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Holt becomes everyday second baseman. But I would, I wouldn't hate that. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Craig Kimbrell. This is a tough one. I think you have to sign him. As much as we He's say, left a bad taste in your mouth all postseason, but 
the guy he never actually I, blew that's any crazy. of those games. He wasn't that bad in the World Series. Like, so. he, he was never the reason that you lost the yeah. game. No. For all that he went through last year with his uh, daughter and that whole story, and then him, you know, he didn't have, you know, his best year. I mean, he's considered maybe the greatest reliever in the game right now, and he had an off year, and he was still easily top five. And, I mean, he was pitching in the AL where you have some really powerful offenses. And, you know, unlike the NL, you have to face one extra hitter every day. Um, I mean, I think I think you got to resign him. I don't think he's someone that you let walk. He's somebody who endorses I mean, the, He's already getting paid $13 million a year. That city, too. Yeah, he's, he's getting paid $13 million a year already. I mean, how much more do you have to go up to keep him? I mean, I just read something that said if he wants Jansen money or Wade Davis money, you're paying him sixteen. Three more million dollars. Yeah, on I, your payroll. I, I guess I'd keep him around. He he didn't blow a save in the World Series. I wouldn't send him like a five or six year deal, but like a three, three year, year deal. Year, like yeah. Wade Davis signed three year, fifty two million. I'd absolutely do that. Yeah, what is that? That's that's sixteen. Fifteen. That's about sixteen. Maybe a little more yeah, a year. Probably, yeah, sixteen and change. Yeah. Sixteen. Uh, that's it. Would be seventeen point something. What about uh? What no, about our, less than seven. What about our boy Drew? Drew Pomeroy. I would, honestly, I would, I would resign him because I think I mean it depends on the price. If you're getting him for like two million a year, you t- you keep him back. I mean, two years ago he was lights out, and he was battling injuries all year. I think it depends on the role that you want him to play on the team. Too. You're looking for a fifth starter, right? If you're looking for that fifth starter and you don't have any better options. In free agency, I say you sign him. But if you're just looking for a, a ballpen guy, a long relief walk. guy, yeah, you let that let walk. There's walk. no need to re-sign him because he didn't play any role in like getting had you him, there. Like, the World Series roster. Yeah, I mean, think in, about in a it. game where you played two games, you played 18 innings. What other situation will there ever be in baseball that could happen to the Red Sox yeah. where it's like you need to plug in Drew Pomeranz more than that game? More than an 18-inning And then game. game four came around, and, you, and you're thinking in your head, like, all right, he has to pitch at least an inning or two, or at least be up in the bullpen. Like, no. He never no. He warmed up once in the in the inning that Max Muncie hit the walk-off. So Drew Pomeranz, clearly. You're not, you're, not, you're not signing Drew Pomeranz for this year's performance. You're signing him for what he did two years ago, and you're saying if he has a whole offseason to rehab, and he comes back like he did two. Like, uh, imagine having Chris Sale back fully healthy. Having David Price opting in and pitching, you know, using his momentum to pitch even better than last year. Erod fully healthy, right? Porcello is your four. Evaldi. But Evaldi's, we're about to talk about Evaldi. It's like, even if you have Evaldi, there's five. Someone's going to get hurt at some point. Imagine Drew Pomerantz comes in and he pitches like the Drew Pomerantz of two years ago. And you're, if, if people are paying him like the Drew Pomerantz of two years ago, then yeah, screw off. We don't want him. He was, but he was on your World Series roster and situation. We're not, we're not signing him for what he did this year. He didn't pitch this year in the World Series because he had a bad year. So why he's not himself. Want, why would you want to bring him back? What he makes can, you think he could Because stay? we... What if this is himself? What if this season Well, that's why you don't sign, pay him too much money or sign him to a long-term deal. You give him a chance to like find what he used to have, and if he does it, you're, you're, it's a steal. If he doesn't do it, then there's no problem. He just won't pitch. He'll be in the minor leagues, or he'll... Find a spot as the last guy in the bullpen, and then he won't come. Out, he won't. He won't be on the postseason roster, and you know, then he'll walk next summer. It, the only way Drew Pomeranz helps the Red Sox win a game is if he goes signs with the Yankees and he's shown in the playoffs. 
Moving on. If he signs with the World Yankees Series. and returns to his old form, then we're screwed. No, we're not. World Series MVP, Steven Pierce. I want him to be our everyday first baseman. He's not going to be that expensive, and I he's a better offensive player than Moreland, and he's not bad defensively at all. Yeah, that's what I, people always talk that Mitch Moreland is like the defensive first baseman. Multiple plays was he stretching mm. out. I mean, he was stretching out on plays he, was, he didn't have to. Mitch Moreland, flexible, Mitch man. Moreland can't flex half or. I love the, not I love that. I love the way it's like I feel like in his mind he's like it's like it's pretty simple. I get closer to the baseball, I'm they're out quicker. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. that's him. He's just like I think that's great, you know. He's he's, like, he's probably the anti Machado. He's like as pliable as Tom Brady. The his his <laughs> that performance man's bendy. <laughs> his, his performance in the World Series though could make him get paid a lot of money. That's the only problem. You know, there might be care. a team out there. He's like, oh, we'll give you like I think three years, thirty something million. And I'll do that. I'll he, he also wants to come back too. Yeah, like yeah. there's guys who who have a performance like this and they want to test uh, free agency and see how much money they can get. He's at a point in his career where he's he content. Yeah, he being a, found a home. Yeah, being in a home, having I, a fan I, base that loves yeah. him. Like I'd pay him pretty much, no more than ten to twelve million a season, but I'd pay him that. That's much. a lot. That's really care. a lot, dude. Baseball money doesn't matter. He he should take a discount because I mean he really. He found... should take a discount. He's the World Series MVP, dude. And you want him to take a he's, discount? He's thirty something years old. He's been a guy who's gone from team to team. He finally had a breakout year here. Do you, like, I'm not saying take like a big discount. I'm saying like. You're in a team that you like. You like the manager. You have a, a yeah, role. He's 35. Even if yeah, like you're 35 years old. What do you like? No one's gonna sign you to a big deal. Yeah, all right. Th- all right sign three, like a three, three years, 20, 20 million. million. 20 million. Three years, 28. He, I, I don't, I don't think they're gonna no, give him that much money. Three years, 28. Three you years, have, you have too many guys. You got to pay to give Steve Pierce more than like four, four or five million. All right, Joe Kelly, guy fixed the bullpen. I'm paying. You him. can probably get him, uh, cheap, cheap because of his season. Which and honestly, his season is gonna get us to you know, if he had a good season, this guy's walking. But he he's a guy that I, you know why I want him, because I think he's the guy who goes out there and he beans someone. When as he as I say, he could he's gonna help re he'll be a part of the rebirth of the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. He was mm-hmm. last year. He's a guy that just has like those cojones, I guess as Ross likes to say. He's he's got balls. He'll hit you and then wave you on to come charge the mm-hmm. mound and then beat your face in. I think part of what a lot of Boston championship teams have done in the past, too, a lot of uh, mistakes they've made is, like, I know this this definitely happened with the 2013 Bruins, 2011 Bruins. This happened with, I would argue, with the 2013 Red Sox, too, is that they let a lot of their heart guys go in order to, you know, have room for the, for the big guys. And obviously, you know, depending on the cap situation, sometimes your hand is forced, but the... But I mean, like guys that you can easily re-sign, you do it. You, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest mistake a team can make is getting rid of your heart, guys. Yeah, and it's the, the, those guys the fans connect with. Yeah, too. it's like, who'd you rather see pitch, Joe Kelly or some like bum from the National yeah. League that you've never heard never of, and all of a sudden he's like part of the Red Sox. You're like Joe Kelly. Yeah, Joe you, Kelly. You, you want the guy who won your World Series. You want the guy who yeah. beamed Tyler Austin and the guys love him in the locker in the shoulder room. and then oh, fought yeah. him. Yeah, and he's a he's a he's a big team guy. He's He's out there running. There's one argument to that, though, is because Joe Kelly was that National League bum that's pitching for the Red Sox for the first yeah. time. That was him like three when, years ago, four years ago. When you're a bottom feeder, as Ross, you'd know well, um, you'll take you'll take you'll take all the bums you can because like 
you're just trying to find guys at a good price. Yeah. Right? Like, when we, like when we signed Peter, Joe don't Kelly. Pre- don't pretend like you're not a bottom feeder. I see you in fantasy football, you bum. Yeah, that's pretty bottom bad. Of fantasy bottom. bottom feeder. No, but, like, when you when you look at Joe Kelly, though, I mean, when we brought him in, we sucked, right? So, it, when you're bad, there's not really much for the fans to connect with, aside from, you know, you just want to rebuild and get better. But when you're good, especially when a guy's been here through, like, the bad yeah. years and helped you bring you up, that's someone you want to you wanna, you wanna keep around. So the next guy on our list, uh, definitely someone who plays in the hearts of a lot of Boston fans. We kind of fell in love with him over half the season. Nathan Eovaldi. I know Peter... Sign him. Yeah. yeah. Sign him and then get him on the cover of a magazine somewhere. GQ. I don't know. Sam loves Nathan Eovaldi's yeah. legs. Yeah. That dude, like, perfect legs for a man. I don't know what's happening in those pants. Like, like what? <laughs> Who tailors his fucking pants? They're perfect. I want. I need. I need like a pair of pants to fit me that way. That's the dream. And think about it. They're like baseball pants. Like, they're not. Even I know. Like they're not like good pants. Yeah, That's what I'm talking pants. about. Like guys go out there, and I feel like baseball players generally don't have the best bodies of athletes, and they'll like yeah. That those clothes are not flattering a lot of the time. It's just like, and he like he steps out there, and he, they're fucking perfect fit. How does he do it? Sam wants Nathan Eovaldi's <laughs> lower body and yeah. Benny's upper body. Yeah, yeah. I want Benny's face and uh, Eovaldi's ass and legs. <laughs> Jeez. Nothing comes up when I Google Eovaldi's legs. You know, I want to see like a picture of him at the beach or something. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> don't show Sam. <laughs> Jeez, is it hot in here or what? <laughs> That's what happens when you don't skip leg day. Yeah, so we're all pretty pretty content. Yeah, no, he, I think, I mean, if, if, he pit, if he pitches like he did in the postseason, he's your number three pitcher and he should be your number two pitcher. But I mean, he's not going to beat out David Price. Yeah. But like, he is the caliber of a. High, if he if he pitches like he did in the postseason and like he did when he first came into the Red Sox, that's a high end number two who you have at number three. I went, he was first starter. As a Red my Sox. opinion is I've seen this guy as a starter for a long time. He's not somebody who's going to be consistent. He's going to give you great performances. He's going to give you shitty performances. I say you let Craig Kimber walk and you put him as put uh Ivaldi in as your closer. Because he's got closer stuff. He's got that uh, 100-plus. He's got some nasty slider cutter. Whoa. I think that Nathan Evaldi should be the closer Ooh. for the Red Sox Ooh. next year. Can we get like a hot take sound? Pop and bottles like, exclusive. It's much, much better financial choice for the Red Sox. And I don't see any uh, wow. any reason why he can't be as good as Kimbrel. Because Kimbrel would give you guys all... Heart attacks every time he would step on the mound. I, that's Make not Chris bad. Sale, yeah. Make Chris Sale. He'll but, start like five games. He'll start once every five games, <clears throat> and then he'll close the other four that he's not. You gotta play. figure out a way to get Chris Sale like healthy throughout the season and into the playoffs because it seems like he always just tails off at the end. But you know what? It's, he's fine. I don't worry. This time was injury. It wasn't him getting tired. I mean, that's why I'm saying like if you have Sale, Price, Ivaldi, Porcello, Erod, and then you have like Stephen Wright and Pomerantz, like to bring in if you need them, then you can give Chris Sale, you know, you can be like, hey, we'll give you an extra rest day here or stuff like that. I mean, I I think you is someone you have. If you want to move him to the bullpen, then move him to the bullpen. If you want to have him as your starter, do that. I trust Cora. Like, I haven't trusted a manager as much as Cora in a long time. I mean, I don't think he made a bad decision this whole postseason. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's even times where I'm like, what are you doing? And then, like, Nunez, Nunez comes up and hits a homer first pitch. Like, we were both like, why is Nunez in the game right now? Yeah, but you know what? Uh, uh, I feel like this whole a big part of this whole playoff run and success of the team is Alex Gore pushed 
pretty much all the right buttons at all the right times. So, yeah, you know, Nunez would be like, why is he up? And then he hits a three-run home run, and we're just sitting here with yeah. bewilderment based on it. No, I know. And uh, Dombrowski likes to pay people, too. So, like, when we when we say, like, oh, we want to sign everybody, Dombrowski will sign everybody. Like, this guy has no restrictions Knowing that the Yankees money. also are going to probably spend upwards of $100 million this offseason, the Red Sox are going to— I don't want anyone except for maybe Kinsler going to the Yankees. I would actually really enjoy if Kinsler went to the Yankees because then critical I could, error and I could like enjoy him more, and we could just hit him the ball next postseason, and we can expect him to make an error. I mean, it's just next guy on our list is pretty pretty important. Uh, Mike Yo, free agent. <laughs> How do we feel about bringing Mike Yo to the Boston Red Sox? Not good. <laughs> the Blues are bad. Really? I thought they. I thought they had a hell of a game. Yeah, they had a win the other night, but I, mean, I want Mike. I want Mike Yo. You know, you know who's just as relevant as Mike Yo too. Who? Brandon Phillips. Brandon Phillips had that one Ooh. home yeah, run. Yeah, one home run against he Atlanta. Pimped the shit out of that home run. Oh, too. is that the guy who wears number zero? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, we signed I like him. him. He did nothing. He comes up and he just pimps the shit out of a game game tying home run. Right. Why? Why did we sign him? For depth. Just like we signed right. Kinsler, but you know, Kin- apparently Kinsler was better than Brandon Phillips, so we kept Kinsler around. What? Wow. Yeah, I guess. Well, honestly, I'd I'd, I'd resign Brandon Phillips to Triple A. I I feel like I feel like he probably wouldn't. I mean, like he's not. He would not sound like he's in a position to yeah, be. Yeah, he's been a long time major leaguer. He has no interest in. He was in Triple A all year. Just to be in Triple A, though, he he's gonna go to wherever he can play, or he's just gonna call it quits. I know a team where he can play. <laughs> no. The Woo no. Sox. Woo Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Woo Sox, baby. He'd pimp the shit out of a lot of homers. That'd be fun to watch. Nunez and Price, they're Nunez and Price are both going to opt in. in. There's no way. There's no way Price leaves, and I mean Nunez would only leave if he's given a starting starting job somewhere, which she's not going to. He's not. Nope. And then I mean, Sale. This the the team's not going to let Sale walk. No. I mean, for the price that they're paying him. I mean, no if show. if they wanted to, they could this year because there are a lot of good starting pitchers in free agency, no. so they have a chance. This is the absolute pimp job of a home run watching. Look at that. This man's back bent further than I've ever seen. It's an empty-ass stadium. Yeah, it was Atlanta. I was surprised. Atlanta was actually decent. Yeah, I thought Atlanta was pretty good. Yeah, they made the playoffs. That was a day game on, like, a Wednesday. The, um... That was the, the the Braves remind me a lot of the Red Sox of two years ago. The first time they won the division with this team and got blown out by the Indians in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like they're young. A lot of these guys just came out of the farm system recently. Um, I'm actually saying that the Atlanta Braves are the future Los Angeles Dodgers. That's yeah. what I say. I think they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're not going to sign all the they're big gonna money make guys. The, yeah, they're not going to sign all the big money guys, but they're going to be the small market Los Angeles Dodgers, dominate the NLEs for the next five years, keep making the playoffs, lose for a little while, gain some traction, Losing the NLCS, make it to the World Series, but never get it done. That's oh, what I see. The I, I, I don't know if they'll ever win, but I'm saying they remind me a lot of like there's all a bunch of farm system guys finally starting to break out. Exactly. You know, they might sign it, but they're all know, just learning guys. how to play in the postseason. Exactly. So I think that over the next four years, when they have their big window to to keep on winning, yeah, I think that's when they'll. Uh, I think they'll sign a guy or two, and they'll. I think the, I don't know if they'll win a World Series. I mean, because the AL is so strong right now, and it's looking like it'll definitely be like that next year too. Um, and I mean, I don't know how long that'll last, but I think that they will be a team that's slowly going to move up the ladder in the NL as the team to beat. I think they could go up to the top of the NL. 
I think that no, I think in, I think in, I think in two years you're gonna see the Braves in the World Series, That's but right. I don't. I mean, the Dodgers are just. I mean, the Dodgers. Dodgers are on the downtrend. The, the National League West doesn't have anybody else stepping up. Like the Rockies, they're they are what they are. The Diamondbacks are not gonna they're get locked down. I mean, they're the JD. Milwaukee's got the Cubs. Some really poor pitching. Uh, the Cubs, I just see as like. They're trying too hard at this you point. You think Bryce Harper's going to go to the Cubs? Yeah, I, I think so. I can see the suck. Yankees, too. I could Manny see, Machado to the Yankees would be the I could see maybe, like, the Pirates if Bryce playing Harper well. If Bryce Harper went to the Yankees, oh, no. Bryce Harper's coming to the Red I Red don't Red. mind that. You don't mind that? Because then you have Harper, Judge, and Stanton as your outfield. No, they would, uh, they would probably... With DH. I think they would stick Harper at first base and leave Hicks in center. Because their experiment was... James Sanchez? Yeah, uh, no, 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 um... They'd, uh, Voight. Yeah, they'd probably keep Voight around. Is Harper a good outfielder? He's he's, yeah. he's um not gonna do anything bad. I wouldn't say that he's a plus defender. I love he's not friendly. He's not bad. He'd but suck if he ever played left field in Tampa. Uh, he wouldn't play left field there. They wouldn't put him in left field. Yeah. Huh. Bummer. Uh, All right. Red so, Sox won the World Series. Really, just on top of the world. They're looking pretty good for next year too. Next which is year, good. it's not like everyone's leaving. Parades Wednesday. Um, I'd, oh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd love it. I mean, like, that seems to be the other thing with the, the Red Sox is that they don't they don't tend to be very good on their uh, rebound years after after World Series. This so. team, though, the difference between this team and the 2013 team John Farrell is the manager. Yeah. John Farrell won them the World Series, and then just they just... He became an asshole. It was like we were, like, last, and then we won the World Series, and then we were last again for yeah. the years. It's like, this team has, like, been, like, all right, we're going to lose in the division series. Build. And then we're going to win a game in the division series. We're, we still lose. It's like this team has been on the upward trend. Yeah. It's not like we went from last to first and it's an anomaly of the year. And, you know, the only um, way this gets better is if we win 162 games and we never lose again in the playoffs. The Browns just fired Todd Haley, too. I was going to get to that. Yeah, They're clearing out the office. Wow. Wow. What is that? So the Browns six that, games into his career? Or not six Todd games. Haley. That's now what? Todd Haley. Yeah, into his Browns career. Yeah, well, it was funny because Todd Haley definitely signed with the Cleveland Browns because he saw that as his fastest route to be becoming a head yeah. coach. He's like, oh, Hugh Jackson's totally. going to get fired. So totally. this morning he sees like reports like Hugh Jackson yeah. got fired. Like, yes, this is awesome. Gets the call into the See GM's it. office. He's like, oh, I'm going to be promoted to head coach. We're letting your ass go too. He buddy. walks in the office. He's like, I just want to thank you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, already right, he's got like. He's already like drunk a little bit. Who is it? Is it the defensive coordinator? It doesn't matter at this point. Be the guy that's Jabril Peppers. The guy was his like hut and his like stomach. Miles Garrett's walking into that office like, yeah, I'll take over. That hard knocks guy. No, big guy. He the old line coach. It's Hut Gut. Coach Hut Gut. Hut Gut. I like. I want him. That's fucking. No, but the thing is, their defense is good. They have a good defense. So I mean, that guy. Is probably the best option right now to keep. I don't like that guy. He's the, the guy from the Saints who the O line coach. No, no, no. The um, the defensive coordinator. Oh, oh, Greg Williams. <laughs> yeah, like gut was the bounty guy. He's a shithead. Yeah. Well, Straight up. I mean, who else? I mean, they're not. I don't think they're gonna hire an outside guy middle of the season. So yeah, you gotta. I don't know what the hell they're Special doing over teams. there. I mean, you have so much talent on that team. Yeah. Or, like compared to. Hey, you know Compared what? to seasons past, yeah. yeah. If they so hire a, a good coach in the offseason, I mean, I don't think this is a, I, I mean, like, a midseason fire is I mean, who would you say is going to be a good hire, though, for Baker Mayfield? 
you know who would be a great hire, but I don't want them to do it is Josh McDaniels. No, the mm-hmm. answer, the mm-hmm. answer, the man whose first coaching job was with the Cleveland Browns and his final coaching job will be with Belichick. the Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick. Bill mm. Belichick. Yeah, stop it. He's, there's no way. You know who I'd love? I, want, I is, want him to go This is never going to happen, but I'd love to see Sean Payton go to that team. Oh, I hate Sean Payton. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's about to be calling he's, back he's to an Sarkeesian. offensive coordinator position yeah. right now because, I mean, he, despite the fact that his franchise quarterback is out for the season, they're still not looking nice. I mean, they've they struggled, not to, put have a, a lot to, they struggled to put a 15 with, against though. the Cardinals defense. They don't have a lot to work with, but they do have a lot of – they have decent skill position guys. They yeah. should have a decent defense. Their defense should be making up a little bit for, for yeah. uh, all their injuries on offense. They've had so many top picks in the past three years. Should we run down our uh, picks yeah, from last uh, week? Sam wants to get into the picks. Yeah, we should really jump into that. because <clears throat> uh, yeah, Some me... of us did good. Some of us did bad. <clears throat> Let's start with college football. No, 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 I think we're going to start. I think we're going to jump right into my 100% week. All right, so, I mean, Sam picked every game right. Yeah. Um, we still I mean, have one more game to go. Now I'm kind of rooting for the Bills. Eagles, Eagles, Jaguars, the only one who got that wrong was Zach. Um, Brown Steelers, everyone got that wrong, but Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers, everyone got that uh, right, but Ross. I uh, I gotta learn to stop choosing. With, uh, um, <laughs> that's what I needed. Sam and I got the Rams game right. Zach and Ross got that wrong. Ty Montgomery got that wrong. Ty Montgomery got that wrong. We shouldn't have gotten that right. Zach and I should have gotten that right. Ty Montgomery, the running back wearing number 88. That should tell you immediately that he's going to fumble. Instead of putting it in Aaron Rodgers' hands. They need to stop having that running back by committee because Ty Montgomery is not that good and Jamal Williams is the most average running back I've ever seen. You're just saying that because you have Aaron Jones on your face. Did you see what Aaron Jones said? And you're just saying that because he ended up 1.5 Can we take 30 seconds? of my score. Can we take 30 seconds? I beat you, Peter. I know you did. Can we take 30 seconds just to talk about how Mike McCarthy is the worst coach who everyone thinks is a good coach. Yes, he's got oh, Aaron Rodgers bails that man out every single every year. Every year. Every year. This I read the same fucking article at the beginning of every NFL season and it's this. The Packers is this the year they finally have a running back, Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy. And, then, and Mike McCarthy his defenses are good, I guess. That's the article. That is their like, defense is even... getting better. I'm going to admit that like Jair Alexander yesterday, he kept getting targeted by uh, yeah, when you, the Goff, pass rush and he was working. And he was stopping all those yes. passes. When your that entire draft is defense, yeah, yes. it should get better. It should get better. Like it should giving be. up giving up 29 to this Rams offense yeah. at home, like that's a victory. Under 30 yeah. points to that offense with Sean McVay. Yeah, you got to expect Aaron Rodgers. You gave, you gave Aaron Rodgers a chance. But, but the, the, that is the first the time, though, in a long time this defense has looked okay. The offensive yeah. scheme for the Green Bay Packers is embarrassing. Oh, it's just Aaron Rodgers it's rolling out. Imbe- there is no imp- plan. He has to improvise the There's entire no time. There's no plan. It's like, oh, Aaron, with your gimpy knee, we're going to need you to hang around, bounce around in the pocket for nine seconds while your questionable O-line barely keeps you from being destroyed. And your running backs cannot help yeah, you. Yeah, and you have no running backs, so they know you're throwing it every, but, you know, every and other you have play. One good receiver, but he's not like... 
a got, top five receiver. I don't think well they use Jimmy Devontae Adams is a great receiver, but he's not. It's not like he has like Julio Jones no. to bail him out. He has Randall like, Cobb's a good. He's got a nice lot of guys that get a lot of nice yards after catch. He's but got, he doesn't he's have any freaky athletes. He's like making up there. He's making most of these receivers look a lot better oh, than for they sure. Should. For sure. The only receiver that you can take on this team and be like, this guy's a legit receiver on a lot of other teams who could perform is Adams. I mean, he catches a yeah. lot. He is a good route runner. You're talking wide receivers. I yeah. mean, you could put Jimmy Graham on most teams. I think Jimmy Graham's extremely overrated. I agree with you. I think actually. Jimmy Graham's just not utilized he's the same also way that he was in New Orleans. New they Orleans throw him the ball all the time. He has not gone to a team. Yeah, but they. They don't throw the ball with a tight end. And like that's why Jared Cook didn't perform well. He also hasn't gone to a team with a half decent fucking head coach or all the coordinator. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Since Sean Payton. Do you think like I I kind of have this belief about Aaron Rodgers is what makes Aaron Rodgers great is his ability to like kind of like do things on the fly. His oh, like, yeah. his I think what creative. makes him great is that he overcomes the ineptitude of his team. Yeah, but <laughs> but would Aaron Rodgers really would, would Aaron so Rodgers really that. work well in like a strict system or is he great because depends he on the can, system like now Aaron Rodgers he but yeah. basically creates his own system <laughs> of oh let me roll out and make the yeah. most absurd yeah, he's, throw he's, he's while better, I'm rolling to my he, left yeah. that most guys could not Zach do I think the case pressure. I think the case to be made for like a, a nice system for like Aaron Rodgers fitting into a nice system is like look at the Kansas City Chiefs because I think Mahomes and Rodgers let's I'm not to compare them yet or even put them on the same pedestal yet, but they play just on like an optics level. They play a very similar game in that the Chiefs have a really nice offense right now. It's work. It's it's working really well. All the pieces fit together. They've got everything you can ask for in a functional offense and a really nice system. And Andy Reid's, you know, actually possessing the weapons that he's wanted. I mean, it's back to his Eagles days even. Yeah, this, and this is, this is, this is like his days. perfect offense and. What makes that offense so good is that the rare, you know, one every ten plays that the play breaks down, that's when Mahomes can scramble and make something happen. But they it's always have every, the threat. It's not every off. goddamn they play. Have, they have the threat of handing it off to Kareem Hunt. Like, the, the top offenses in the league, yeah, you have right. Todd Gurley on the Rams, Kareem Hunt on the Chiefs. Absolutely. I mean, any other, like, top offenses? That you just Sony Michelle now for the Pats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Homer. <laughs> They're, they're, you can't deny that Sony the Michelle, offense. Todd Gurley, like, you know, all the three Melvin best Gordon. running backs. Yeah, Melvin yeah, Gordon. Melvin Gordon, you've got, like, I, I, mean, no, that's I, can't, I can't wait to see Saquon Kamara. with a decent quarterback. Mm, Kamara, um, yeah. That's true. That's true. Dude, I, I think that like next Rogers week. Rodgers does that with three Barber in the backfield. T.T. Barber, yeah. T.T. Barber would be. Dude, that's the thing That's the thing keeping the Vikings, though, from being great. They I like don't that. have a running Tariq game. Cohen. <laughs> Tariq Cohen and Jordan Now, that's how you do a running back Kirk by Cousins committee. Is a winner. Yeah, that's a true... That's fair, but... Kirk Cousins just has never proved to me that he's a winner. He gets like a lot that. of yards, though. Uh, he's he just, throws a lot he of He gets dumb, too much love. Dumb picks. He's a great fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Did you see his interception yesterday? I feel like he gets a free pass so much. He does. He does. So much good. more than other quarterbacks. He's a really, he's got a great arm. He's a likable guy. He's got a great Kirk arm. Cousins. He can march you up the field. He's a man of the people. He's, you like that? You like that? He's you like, like that? the perfect middle of the road good quarterback. Solid 15 out of, or 16th out of the yeah. 32 teams that he Right in I think so. I mean, right I'm, I'll, I'll, throw, like a good I'll throw him right around yeah. 10, but I'm not moving him any higher. Yeah, I don't no, see no, how no. people can move him higher than Next that. Next podcast, we're ranking. Everyone's going to rank 1 through 32 quarterbacks. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, spoiler alert. Guess who's at the bottom of my list? Blake Bortles. Guess who's second to bottom? Eli Manning. I think Eli's my bottom. 
<laughs> Lord carry him. Lord carry him now. Eli Manning. Permanent Lord carry him now. What's crazy is that Brock Osweiler's above them right now. <laughs> Brock Absolutely. and Ryan Tannehill, both. I don't even know if they make the top Brock 32. Brock can throw a football. Neither of those two can. I think Barely. Blake Bortles is probably top 10. The alliteration in his name. Like, actually, he looks like his ben, wife. There's though. something to be said for that. His yeah. wife, though. His wife. His like. His life. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nice his, have you seen his house? Well, you know, uh, forget about his house and his wife. He somehow managed to convince a, a good head coach that he's the man for the job. <laughs> <laughs> he's done the impossible. Their backups, Cody Kessler. That they coach benched him. They actually right benched now. him like last week. I know. For Cody. Cody Kessler. Kessler is better than Blake Bortles. He can throw the football. Blake Bortles can't throw a football. Like, I'm not even kidding. But what happened? Every week, play week the Jaguars two, run that is successful is a five-yard pass. Threw the football. Week two, he actually threw the football. That was the biggest fluke I've ever I, seen. Okay. No, no, no. He threw slant routes to wide open no, receivers he threw, he threw, who then ran I will give him, dimes, he like, had a couple back the end zone. Yeah. The majority was definitely five-yard passes where somehow D.D. Westbrook has like a 70-yard run. And also the Patriots' D was not exactly playing well when they played. Blake no, Bortles, played the last contract that Blake Bortles signed is probably more money than all of our family in the history of our family's lives have ever made combined. Do you want me to vomit live on the podcast? (laughs) What? Because we're getting close. If you keep reading stuff like that, I'm going to vomit on this podcast. $54 million this man makes. Three years. $54 million. Think of it this way. Sidney Crosby doesn't make that much. I think there was one point in his career where he had four touchdowns thrown to another team. (laughs) Yeah, pick sixes. Yeah, Yeah, he had more pick pick sixes. He had more pick sixes than touchdowns. That was the start of his career. Christ. It wasn't like, oh, like two to one. It was was probably like like seven. It's amazing how, like... People are like, but he looks good in the uniform. It's like the justification. They ask his teammates. They're like, all right, Blake won you the game today. What do you, you know, or, or you know, they ask him. They, they go in the locker room. They're like, how how does it feel to see, you know, the good win, good team win? What are you talking about? Like, what is it like to be Blake's quarterback? And every single one of us, you never hear his wide receiver go, oh, yeah, he threw some nice balls today. It's always, <laughs> we really like Blake in the locker room. He's a great leader, great guy. I, you know, I, I, I really like his, his wife. wife around. Like, yeah, his just, wife. That's, that's the whole thing. It's got to be. He has never received the cut. Okay, let's not yeah. get into this. Let's keep going. Yeah, it's definitely his wife. Let's keep going. Um, can we get? Can we talk about more about how good I am at picking NFL games? Or do we go? Yeah, you're undefeated. <clears throat> I mean, you're undefeated. Now, listen, when the Pats lose tonight to the Bills because you've been talking about how undefeated you are, you're going to look like an idiot. Yeah, we, yeah. All, we all picked the Pats, though. No kidding. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I picked... Going, Roll Bills. I don't know what everyone's record was. <laughs> going I mean, down with me. Zach, 0-2, 1-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 2-3, 
a lot of the top teams in the oh, country. God. Let me just give you my hey, justification. Hey, I don't want to hear right? it. Think about this. No, no, think about Notre Dame two it's weeks okay. two weeks before, right? Imagine that I imagine <laughs> if, imagine if Ross came in here and said, I think Pitt's gonna beat Notre Dame, right? We don't be like you're an idiot, right? No, not at all. Because Pitt is like a decent FPS team. FSU is straight booty hole. Hey, there's no wait. Didn't we? Didn't someone pick Holy Cross to lose? Zach chose. No, I chose them as my un. I chose them as my unloaded. Oh, that would have been funny. We pull out our like. We won fifty-six nothing win. Zach, I will say your unloaded and my unloaded were very bad games. Nebraska won like fifty six. Did, did anybody pay attention to that Tennessee South Carolina game? No, I did. I don't even know what the score was. Did any listen? Did exactly. anybody Unloaded. watch on Saturday night? Did you guys were all like, "Oh, Pac twelve"? Are we gonna? No, no one watched that. Uh, Oregon State. No, it was Oregon. Oregon Arizona. Arizona. That's not. Uh, a, no one that's watched. Not that. a locked and game. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, no was, one watched was Washington it. Washington State over Stanford. Like, is that an upset? No, they beat, uh, no, did or they beat they, Stanford? They're, they're yeah, ranked, it was Stanford. Are they ranked slightly higher? No, they're, they're ranked higher. They're now they're, year, now right? they're the top 10. Okay, wow. Yeah, they're number 10 now, Yeah, actually. they're good. Is Bryce Love hurt right now? Yeah, uh, actually, I don't know. I mean, Washington State, they've got a running back. Seems booby. They gotta be good. Oh, wow. We've yeah. gone over this before. Like, yeah, we were talking about this. Booby. Did you guys hear about, um, Turbin on TCU? No. He, uh, he got arrested on, uh, domestic assault charges. Really? Which is a real bummer because that dude is a baller. Speaking of Yo, BC's State. ranked top twenty-five, and so is Syracuse this week. Are we getting over caller? <laughs> the uh... yeah, I'm like to talk. <laughs> it's Mel Turbin. <laughs> Wait, no, you got to answer. These answer. charges are not. <laughs> got to got to pick it up and put him in the mic and ask him a question. Like, should we sign Nathan Avaldi next year? He's gonna call from Seattle, yeah. Washington, right? Because we're talking about Washington. Booby, booby, booby. Yeah, booby. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> we got. Like a boobs emoji. <laughs> we got Bills Pats is the last game of the week this week. Obviously, we're three three quarters of us as a pro patriot uh, uh, individuals, whereas Ross and that loads. and that remaining quarter is not an idiot. So Patriots, yeah. Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. What, what do we think? Can like, I just say that this this game tonight is such a bad football game? Why are we watching it? Like, no, why, this is a serious Monday problem night. in the NFL. I cannot wait. To I, hear will, I will. I will just commentate on this. Fucking shit show of a game. I oh, would... he's got him! He's got him! <laughs> yeah, Booker. See, he starts zooming down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing ever. He's just like, they like oh, go to him. And, oh, so, it's so funny. He's gonna like kill a lady one day. He's just like run her over on the side. But it's like, it is the most obnoxious thing ever. I, I guarantee you this happens at least once. Josh Gordon runs deep on just, like, a broken play, and Brady shoots for him, overshoots him by 10 feet because, you know, like, it's not really a play that they're drawing up. Brady's just seeing if Josh can go up and get it. And I guarantee you, Booger will go, he's got him, he's got him, on his little goddamn cart. And he will not even come close to godding him. It's it's absurd. It is the fact that that man commentates on football. He's so, and then I go to him and he's like he's like flashing his bull. He's got like his you know Super Bowl rings on. I'm like we get it, booger. You want a Super Bowl? I, it's so that guy is a clown. Yeah, yeah, not a big fan. No, the whole Monday Night Football crew this year. Yeah, yeah. It's the reason. Oh, Jason. Witten. Jason Witten. Yeah, if Jason Witten Jason could commentate. Witten. Jesus. Oh my God. Dude, it's, it's just like he is bad. awkward. It's such a he's bad man. Oh, wow. The the national football like the ones that they nationally televised now it's like what are you doing? Right, Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday, 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 Thursday night, night. 
No, Thursday night they're uh, they're getting better. Yeah, Thursday night's fine. You like, know, I, I thought I, the fact that Fox took over, they yeah. were like, all right, we need yes. to get some decent games. They had Vikings Rams earlier. I've enjoyed. They've Thursday had some football. decent games. I just want Tony Romo. I agree. They've had better no, games. I haven't heard. But then when you Tony look Romo. at this and you see last week is Texans Dolphins and like you're and, like, okay, the Dolphins aren't bad now. At the beginning of the year, did anyone think the Dolphins would be good? Yeah. Right. Here's the thing though, like. You could say that about every AFC matchup, though, and they want to show the AFC teams. AFC is so top-heavy. If you're not showing the Patriots, the Chiefs, or the maybe Steelers. the Chargers, Steelers. the Steelers are ass. I hate watching the Steelers. Like, they're just not a fun team to watch. If you're not showing like the top four teams, it's just a crappy game. It's kind of true. It's a crappy Even game. Even the it, NFC, you have balance. You can have a good game like the Bears, whoever they're playing. Jazz. That could be a good game. It's like a middle-of-the-ground game, but they're talented. It's not all just There's a dominance. lot more up-and-coming teams, I think, in the, in the NFC. So, I mean, what the, what the nationally televised games are trying to do is give the everyday fan a chance to see their team on primetime. Like the it, Bills, this is, this is huge for the Bills. Like, this is their biggest game of the year. They're on yeah. primetime. The only time it's gonna happen, other than a, a Thursday night game, they're not getting a Sunday. Well, night think game about this sure. too. You guys think, oh, the Bills suck. Like, why is this a game? You have to think, the Patriots and the Bills. Yeah, those were two playoff teams last year so, that have a lot of bad blood because they're in the same division. And at the, the beginning the Bills, of the year, they yeah. they were thinking like, oh, this could be a good game. Yeah, before Josh Allen no, left, the Patriots Bills is not terrible because a lot of people are gonna watch the Patriots because you know the Patriots played six Monday night games in two seasons. Yeah. Like, Every no, the, the Patriots are a perfect team to put on these games because they have a huge fan it. base and everybody else I hates love them. Watching one so it. everyone's gonna watch the Patriots just to hope that they lose. Yeah. So this game's not terrible, but when you have three in a row of Texans Dolphins, yeah. Patriots Bills, oh. and then you have Raiders 49ers. Oh what was the Sunday night game? Oh, they they had Minnesota New Orleans. Yeah, no, Sun, Sunday night Sunday is always night, a Sunday good game. They always do good. Sunday I mean, night you're excluding because they, they will they, flex they get their games. they get their Except, yes, of the Sunday games. Except Cowboys Giants. I never want to watch that game again. Uh, that's just that's the Mark. That's like the Mark rivalry. Well, I know, I know, I know but it it's like we get, get it. it twice a year, and it is never good. It hasn't been good in the, the, four years. Well, the yeah, best one was the Odell. Like the best, it, I that made Odell. That, I think they do it. They, they're both in ruts. Like they need to find a quarterback. Absolutely. I don't know if Dak Prescott's the answer for the Cowboys. Without, Eli Manning definitely needs to move out. Without that Sunday night. Uh, Giants Cowboys game. There's no Odell Beckham. I, I have more of a protest to the Houston Dallas game, more so than the Giants. Yeah, that game was garbage Giants, too. No one wanted to watch that game. I mean, it went to overtime. That wasn't a garbage game. Like it was just something that all right, the state of Texas is loving this shit. Yeah. But the rest of the country is like, all right, it it I'm couldn't be just like right now. just like Texans Dolphins could not be two more average teams right now. Yeah. It could not like, be just a more average NFL yeah. game that everyone has to watch. I feel like every other sport has unreal primetime games. TNT, the games for the NBA on TNT are always... Because they don't... And hockey yeah, kills it. Wednesday, yeah, I don't know hockey, NBC but Wednesday night and rivalry TNT, night. They don't have to play every team the whole year. They just have to play, oh, you know, what's the best well, there's game There's not a fixed schedule for, like, yeah. basketball, yeah. though. And, like, there's going to be... About 25, 26 teams playing on Sunday. In basketball, you can play any day. In football, you only have three days a week to play Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah. But it's still like you can pick what games you broadcast to the entire country. And I feel like when that happens for baseball, Sunday night baseball is always good. TNT basketball, what is it like Thursday? Thursday night on TNT. Always good. 
Yeah. Wednesday night rivalry night in ho- literally they just Which, picked rivalry and games. now they're even they're even killing it they changed it now it's not Wednesday night rivalry because that was the only thing that pissed me off like they they usually had really good games but they would it would be like lightning Nashville and they'd be like yeah okay the big rivalry between Tampa Bay and Nashville but uh you know I love to watch that hockey game but it was just like a little weird and, and well, hockey fans get very you also have to consider the fact that in baseball basketball, Maybe not so so much in basketball, but in baseball and hockey, I feel like it's easier to go from like worst to first. Yeah, and you can actually like jump a lot of spots in the standings. In the NFL, there's not a lot of teams that go from worst to first. Yeah, the Red Sox won a World Series going worst to first. You don't see that in the NFL. I mean, it's not a team that Rams, finishes in last year. So the Rams were in last place now two years. They had a yeah, they had eleven and five, and they really revamped. But they lost their first playoff game. The the um, yeah, but they still make for a fun team to watch. The Falcons yeah. were garbage the year before that they went to the Super Bowl. No, see, they went they went eight and eight. They were five and zero. Oh yeah, but, but what? Yeah, but so what did they finish the season? Though? They finished three, three and eight. So it's like, I don't know if it's like not. not yeah, sure, you're not gonna get like the worst of first stories, but like I just Falcons feel like Falcons are never a boring team to watch, even when they're I feel like bad. I feel like football. There's just. I don't know. I just feel like the the games Especially that they pick, like like that Rams, Rams, <laughs> Packers is like a four twenty five. That's like nationally televised, yeah. but like that's not on a night. This, no, this weekend there was some good. The Saints and Vikings is a fine Sunday night game. This weekend yeah, had some good games. When you look at Thursday night though, that's the one where there's a problem. Thursday night, right? Look, this is the schedule. Consistently terrible. Week three, Jets Browns. Who thought that was going to be know a good what? game? I loved that game. Hot I pick. you know what? That's the thing. <laughs> I didn't hate watching it, but most fans. Who wants to watch that? The only yeah, reason why they true. put that but on it, is because they thought it was the they, they, the only reason why they put that game on is because they sincerely thought it was like the Browns' best chance. That's to actually win a first game. I I and either they, want I did. you're right. I'd much rather have that game though than like a Miami Texans. Right, the thing oh yeah. With, the thing with the Oakland San Francisco beginning of the year, they're thinking that is going to be a good game. Oakland John Gruden coming to coming back to Oakland. They're thinking all right, he has a chance to compete in the NFC West or the AFC West. Then you got the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan had the no. first no, I, whole season I agree. together. They're thinking like, wow, this could be a matchup yeah, of like five and two versus least. four and three or whatever the record would yeah. be at that point. They're they're expecting oh, th- winning teams. That that one at the beginning of the year, you're saying that could be decent. injuries really right? really impact the NFL more than oh yeah, like but look like at this Niners Broncos Cardinals. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Not only is that not entertaining like the Jets and Browns. But every team both... has every team has to have their game on yeah. Thursday night though. If you're the Broncos, why are so you, you, you should there's a so game the, the Cardinals? Thing. Here's the thing. Would you rather them play another crappy team and have just a crappy game in general? Or would you have rather have a Patriots Bills game where it's like this is just gonna be a this blowout? It's not Monday night. I'm just saying like in general. No, but I'm saying like yeah, would you rather, kinds yeah. of games. Would you rather have it, a blowout with one great game. team versus a crappy team? Yeah. Or would you rather have two crappy teams Which could really be a good game. duking it out? Yeah, yeah and actually playing playing at each other's levels. Yeah. So, Still, like, like the Broncos, like, put no, them against, that's fine. Put them against, put, no, put, put them against a team though that is like in their division or something. Like, put them against a game that actually they, might they, they matter a little more. Right? Cardinals yeah, and Broncos used to be could not be a more meaningless yeah, game. Yeah. Cardinals, Bron- plus also the Broncos are like that's like a mediocre team versus a put them with team. Broncos Raiders have, would like, be more fun. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple good ones coming up though. Steelers. It goes off like Eagles, Jaguars is or well, that's that no, was this weekend on. Um, you got Panthers, Steelers. That's Panthers, a good Steelers Thursday is night. Good Packers, Thursday Seahawks night. is fine. Well, that, yeah. Saints, Cowboys. Fresh. I hate watching the Cowboys, but I guess that's Saints, a fun Cowboys game. Saints, Cowboys is a very good game. 
Jacksonville, Tennessee is a fine game. That's like, two very average teams. teams. That's a good team. Right. That's a good Char- game. It's going to be like 9 to 6. Chargers, Chiefs will be a fun game. Chargers, oh, Chiefs man. will be an awesome game. When do uh, the Chiefs and Rams play? Is that two weeks from oh, now? Oh, I can't. Wait. That's going and to be then, dude, the last Thursday night game. Splooge. Yeah. Saturday, December 15th. The Saturday game they do. Browns, Broncos. Yeah. I'll watch that. God, that's a grudge match. I like the Browns. I I want the Browns. Houston, I genuinely Texas, am entertained by the Browns. New York. I want them right. on. They, you, know how they, you know how they, they do that one day where they have two Saturday games when college football yeah. is done? Yeah. The two games they picked for this year, Texans, Jets, Browns, Broncos. Okay, so here's 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 what you got to think, Peter, and, and others. No, those are just, just garbage, listen. Zach. Just listen, just listen, just listen. When there's only one game on at one time, the NFL looks at that like Thursday nights. It's like, okay, you're probably not watching. If you're a huge football fan, that's on your TV no matter what the game is. So if a regular season Sunday game is really good matchup, why would you put that in prime time? Because you know it's already going to pull a big audience. When you put a worse game on Thursday night, it's like no one would watch Browns-Broncos, but because it's one of two games on a Saturday, people are going to tune in no matter who's playing, and it's going to bring you more money. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at no, the Sunday night even more money right now. The Sunday night games are great the rest of the year. Oh, Sunday night's always... Yeah. Sunday night never I mean, messes I mean, up. You got, like... Packers, Patriots. Like, Thanksgiving night right now, it's Falcons-Saints. That's a good game. It's a good game. It depends a lot on how the Falcons finish off. Or yeah, uh, yeah but even then, that, like, that always Ryan Drew Brees, you know. That, that, Steelers-Jags, like... Yeah. It's a good game because it's a rematch of the last year's playoffs. Cowboys-Eagles, they hate each other. Yeah. That's entertaining. I mean, Vikings. Niners, Seahawks are that's, rivals. That's fine. Yeah, they, they were expecting the Niners to be good. Too. Yeah. They had the Niners on a lot of Sunday night, yeah. I think. Steelers, Raiders sucks, but whatever. <laughs> um, Eagles, Rams is a good game. They'll flex Chiefs, Seahawks. I mean, I, we don't really know. The Seahawks that, are that's probably be... not going to. I don't know. That is going to stick because that's week 16. Yeah. Week 17, you can count on a great game usually. Yeah, yeah so, the thing about that is the Seahawks probably be like around 500 then and. You know, they'll be fighting for a wild card spot yeah. most likely. But so, uh, just on a on a side note, yeah. um, just breaking news, the Patriots are inked to trading for Demarius Thomas. Really? Where'd you see that? Just came out. Okay, uh, this was off pod, but uh, Sam predicted that. He did. He did say that to me. He Sam said predicted that. He guys. also predicted Deshaun Jackson. I don't think that's going to happen, but. I don't want him. Deshaun Jackson or Demarius Thomas? Demarius Thomas. I don't want Demarius Thomas. Either. I don't want Demarius Thomas. I like Josh Gordon. <laughs> think, about, think about the receivers we have. Josh Gordon's just starting to get... Like, I, I, I'm going to really hate it if they bring someone in and like let Josh Gordon just like go by the wayside. You know, like, what I, this guy is so you know what I really want? You know what I wouldn't hate, though, is just like a straight Philip Dorsett and Demarius Thomas swap. If they did that, they'd be idiots. I mean, if, if we the give... the Broncos like, did that or... Yeah, the Broncos yeah. would not see that. They have oh, a, yeah, no, I know. It's. I think they're going to want to pick, and I don't... Look, like we have Gordon and Edelman. Can we and give him a Hogan. third for Demarius. Fine with that. Yeah, I mean, here's the guy I really want. I want him to bring Jamie Collins back. The Browns are trying to get rid of him. I'm not, I'm not I, high on that. I never liked him. I liked him. I loved I him. Loved I him, him but when he left and wanted Von Miller money, yeah, I don't care. That burned a bridge. He, he, I always thought like, oh, you know, he's a good playmaker. You know, not he, he stood out, and that was enough for me. But when he left for Come on, talk about not the Patriot way. I'm not. I'm not in on him. And then you're eating his contract too, and you, yeah. it's like a contract you wouldn't have wanted to sign him to. And so I don't. I don't. He, I'm sorry, but Jamie Brady's window is so small, and this defense is so average. Hightower, Collins, and Bentley. You think and Collins improves our defense that much. 
I think he does. I think he's Collins just, is just a good athlete who who you can who's a, who's flexible position wise. He was our best he... defensive player back in that Super Bowl run. No, he was. No, Chandler yes, he Jones. was. No, Chandler, Chandler Jones, Hightower. Yeah, or no. Dante. I, or Collins is, was better than Hightower. Holy no. shit! No. Did you watch Collins Jamie Collins do play? Th- Collins jumps over and blocks the thing. Sticks. The oh. thing, yeah, exactly. The thing that Collins liked about, uh, or the thing that Bill liked about Collins is that he could stick him in anywhere, and just off of pure athleticism, he could, he would, you know, make yeah, plays. No, you're on crack. Jamie you're Collins, Jamie Collins was better than made. Collins. If you if you look back at highlights, watch him run from sideline to sideline making tackles. Listen, I mean, but that's listen. not here's the here's that's the fine. But here's it's how you know, I don't think it makes your defense. Here's how you know who's better, Bill Belichick. Greatest yeah, head coach of all time, exactly genius. Was was say okay, I'm gonna pick one guy to pay a shit ton of money to. It's he didn't pay Hightower, Hightower that much. He did pay Hightower quite a bit. Jamie Collins wanted significantly more than Hightower, and so Bill was like, he's a significantly worse player. Like, he's not. He, he was, or maybe he is now. He wasn't. Well, he is now. Was, Hightower's worse now. Hightowers. Jamie Collins was the best linebacker on that team. Nope. And if you want to go he back... He wasn't even a linebacker. He's positionless. He's J- what Jabril Peppers is right now, basically. No, he's a linebacker. I know. Well, if yes, you look back in 2015... On paper, I mean. If you look back and you say, nope. best linebackers 2014 lists, Jamie Collins is so high on those lists. I mean, he is... If you watch film... Those are the same guys that said the Red Sox weren't there. because he stands out. I mean, the man does handsprings, and he's tall, and he's fast. He's basically the defensive Josh Gordon, but he's not like... Yeah, no. He doesn't... He isn't doing... He's not... He's like a... He's like a... On that team, Jack of all trades master. I would put Rob Ninkovich as a better tight end. uh, As a better... as a better I don't lineup. think you guys watch analytically enough. And he stood out, and he's great. you, you, You just watch, like... Oh, you know, oh, someone made a tackle. Oh, they stopped, like... Yeah, I've, that's, like, what... what I, you know, I, I dissect plays. more what every single player does because I've done you that. Dissect I, yeah, no, like... Peter, I watch you watch football. Pete, what, the, what you're... Bill Belichick let him go. You think you're seeing something the money. more than Bill? That's because of the money. So do you think if, it's worth the money now? Because you're eating that contract. You're not getting. Yeah. He's not getting paid the money that he wanted when he left the Patriots. Yeah, but he, no, he is because no, the Browns good. re-signed him. Do you know how much money he's getting? I don't... Guys... Go back and watch 2014 film. Guess what? He's not 2014. That's three years ago, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, Hightower is much worse than then, too. I mean, watching Dante Hightower is kind of painful now. I don't even know if he's I like him that much. He's getting better every week, and it's because he's recovering from Jamie Collins, four-year, $50 million yeah, dollar contract. Yeah, lower than yes, he was, right. for sure. Four years, $50 million. Yes, me? you have money. Paying. For a guy who, like, also, what, what does he have do? Money. What does he do? Tom Brady what does has he do? two years left. And, and you, you guys are what? saying, let's not Jamie go Collins sign someone. Not winning Jamie him Collins a doesn't make He's a not the bit difference. of difference. Not yes, he does. Nope. He does. You have no linebackers on this team. You have you have Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. Landon one Roberts. Is, I would arguably take him over Jamie Collins. You won a Super Bowl without Jamie Collins. What did you guys watch in 2014? What did you watch in 2015? I watched, I watched a, a very average Patriots defense. With a guy with who was Revis, Browner, better Collins, Hightower. Yeah. That one? Yeah. They're just saying Chandler Jones was the best player. What did you watch in 2015? Yes. Are you high? Chandler Jones was the best player on the defense. Are you high? Absolutely. Absolutely. Chandler Jones is the most overrated pass rusher in the NFL. Yes, Whoa. that's my entire point because that whole Patriots defense wasn't that good. Chandler Jones was the best player on that defense. It just wasn't that good. <laughs> I also, oh my God, I man. also. I'm pretty sure Chandler Jones had like 14 sacks that year. Yeah, you do want to know how many of them were covered sacks? Well, okay, probably whatever. all 14. I, I understand that Chandler Jones definitely gets more credit than he deserves. That's uh, that's undisputable. Even on the Cardinals, they have Patrick Peterson. He's getting a lot of covered sacks. But Brandon Browner, 
is trash. And he was you also have Malcolm Butler on that team. Flags the entire team. All right, all right. Malcolm Butler is now the worst rated quarterback in football. We're moving on. Quarterback? Sam. Cornerback, sorry. Sam, you get your, you get your like, 10 minutes to go over hockey. Austin Matthews, big news. What happened? Yeah, he's out four weeks. Um, but I, this is one of those injuries that, like, it's going to say four weeks. He may, maybe even comes back a little earlier than that. I think it's a separated shoulder, or at very least dislocated shoulder. It might even be a concussion, too, but they're not going to bother to announce that because he's out for four weeks with a shoulder injury anyway. So they uh, – this is tough. Shoulder injuries suck in hockey. I mean, your, your shoulders get banged up every single shift you take. It's not like – it's not like getting an injury in your leg or whatever. But the uh, – the thing that's gonna kill him is that he's gonna, ha- you know, you can pop out your shoulders so easily and uh, on any hit, on any poke check, and I would not be shocked at all if he got surgery in the off season to fix this thing. He's not gonna be. He could. This could potentially. He might not be the same the entire rest of the season. Does he play for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes, he does. Uh, well done. Surprising number is he? Um, uh, eighty-two. He's a weird one. Now he's thirty-four. Who? Austin Matthews. Steve Ortiz is number retired in all sports. Yeah. Yeah, he shouldn't be wearing that number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think they can. I, I don't, do, think I, the I don't like, again, don't know hockey. I think the Maple Leafs will be fine with everyone else. They got Tavares. Yeah. That just helps weeks. my fantasy hockey team out. No problem. It yeah. helps the Bruins, though. Yeah. The Bruins play them at all in that four weeks? They now. do. They the, play them the whole, the whole, coming The whole Friday. thing with the Bruins is you want to be able to avoid the Maple Leafs of all teams. In, yes. We played them in the playoffs last year. What's the matter? Yes. They got and then they added the... What fifth best center in the, the worst in the player in league? all of sports? Yeah, basically he's on my team. And our, my and our goalie season. probably got hit in the head a little too much this offseason season because he sucks. Yeah, you want to talk about people getting hit in the head too much? I think. I yeah. think. Uh, Peter's specialty. Tuka's on the show. <laughs> Tuka's um, they the NHL shrunk goalie pads again over the offseason. and I think and especially in like the chest area, so you're seeing a lot of goals. This is what the the NHL is, both. The NHL worry. makes a lot of questionable decisions when it comes Why to goalie equipment. They change pads because they want more goals. But, but like a chest pad really make a big difference? It does. Okay. It does make a difference a bit. But the difference is that goals that normally goalies would just like swallow into their armpit and just like, you know, cover it up into their chest area. Goals like that, you're going to get some that just leak through and drop into the net. And let me tell you as a hockey fan, uh, those goals are not exciting. They're not fun to watch. Uh, so I don't know why they think that, you know. But they're hoping that it changes a game, like, from 3-1, to 3-2, with, like, a minute left. Exactly. That makes it interesting. They, the NHL. With the intelligent hockey take? The, the NHL gets so hard. Very, write this down. It's not very often. <laughs> don't count on a good take. A lot. The NHL gets such a hard-on for these, like, Wednesday night games where – Tampa's playing, you know, Toronto, and there's the final score is like seven to five, and those games are fun sometimes. I, I like a high scoring hockey game just as much as the next guy, but there are games that are one nothing that are way more fun to watch than games that are seven five. And the goals that are gonna bring people in are the goals that have meaning. And the goals that are the ones that squeak through. Yeah, hockey. exactly. Nice clean releases. Yeah, no, no new hockey fans can be like, "Oh, what a snipe!" When it like leaks through Tuca's pads. I might. I've that. learned. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned to watch hockey a little bit better over the past uh, year, especially watching like the Bruins in the playoffs because they yeah. always had them on the TV. But my view um, before, as somebody who never watched hockey, was that 
the high-scoring games were all, always going to be the more entertaining ones, and that if it was a one nothing game, it was going to be like a boring one nothing game, similar to soccer. Yeah, that's see, that was like my uh, incorrect assumption so you're, so as you're to what saying, it was. Like, oh, oh, you're saying, so it, I'm saying that, that wasn't necessarily yeah, your it, but opinion. What they're trying the to do is they're trying to get people with my attention yeah. span when it comes to hockey yeah. to gain interest and be like, wow, I actually yeah. saw a goal. Because I always get excited when I see a soccer goal that. live because it's like, oh shit. Yeah. There's only like nine. There's ninety minutes, yeah. and I actually tuned in for like yeah. the five minutes that there was a goal. But, I get that. I, I definitely. But get hockey's that. much more fast paced. Like, but th- that's the you thing. You always have like opportunity. Exactly. In soccer, soccer's it. different, and there's a different like kind of beauty that people appreciate about like the build up in a soccer game, even in a one nothing game, which is a whole different thing. But the but the thing with hockey is that there should be enough to entertain yeah. you. I mean, and I again, like it's I totally understand. Ring. Like it's the same thing as me watching baseball. If I played baseball, there'd be enough to entertain me, even in a boring, exactly. long inning. You know, long you inning. understand it yeah. completely. But in hockey, new viewers who come in, I think if you just stick with it, I, I think if you just stick with it, and you start appreciating all the the hits, the saves, everything like that. You're, if you're trying to so sell hockey to somebody like me. Or so somebody like me a year ago who had basically no knowledge of yeah. it, what would you think is the best way to gain my interest? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, let me put it this way. I I'd argue the best hockey game I ever watched was the Bruins versus Tampa Bay Lightning in Game Seven of the 2011 Eastern Conference Final, and that was a one nothing hockey game. There was no goal until nine minutes left in the third period. Not even like a last minute goal. There was nine minutes left in the third period, and that game was. If you if you look back on if you can watch like the Bruins Stanley Cup DVD and there's like a ton of there's like a whole section of this DVD on uh, the comment where where all the Bruins and NHL commentators go through it and talk about how important that game was and how interesting it was and it was and. There is so much happening on a level in that hockey game that was so impressive because I think a lot of the time, a lot of the problem with um, hockey, too, for new viewers is that when you go into a even a basketball game or a baseball game or a soccer game or especially a football game, new viewers can really appreciate coaching decisions. You can, like, get involved in system changes and it's a lot more noticeable like you know obviously in football it's like the scheme changes on a play-to-play basis and you can really dig into that even when it's a slow game but with hockey i think a lot of the times people who don't know it look out there and think that there can't be a lot of coaching involved in this it's a lot of chaos happening and there's not much of a system but i'd say like that game is a perfect example of two teams that had perfectly uh polar opposite systems the lightning back then ran what they call the trap, which is when you have three players sit in the neutral zone, which is really weird. Like, that's that's not traditional. So, like, if the Bruins were attacking, instead of uh, the Lightning running a forecheck on their forwards, they just have people sit in the neutral zone and wait for the Bruins to come to them. And there would be periods of time where the Bruins would test it out and just sit in their defensive zone. So it's, it's just, I think... It's hockey's a tough game, man, because you have to play it to under, to appreciate that stuff. But I guess that's what I'd say to sell it is is that. So one guy you could sell pretty uh, easily is the yeah. greatest hockey player of all time, Connor McDavid. What's, I was yeah, I was about to touch upon that too. What's like, going on? There's with not a lot of names that I know in hockey. Yeah. But 
Connor McDavid. What's going on with uh, Edmonton right now? We, uh... They're doing well. Um, weirdly well. They started awful, which is predictable. Everyone thought they were going to be bad. They were terrible last year. Um, Edmonton's a tough team to read. They've got a lot of high-end talent, obviously. They have Connor McDavid. But they've got uh, their top two lines right now are really weird. They've got a, a, a sort of a weird mix. They've got McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's himself a former number one overall pick. Excuse me, playing with Kyler Yamamoto, who I don't remember what? how. Yeah, I know. He's, He's like the new Mike Yo. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, who's who's got some really high end skill. He's really young. This is his real. This is his first real rookie year. And then your second line, you've got Leon Drysital, um, and playing usually with some combination of Milan Lucic or, um, well, really they recycle third liners through that line, but. No one thought they were going to be good, and uh, they are kind of going on a little mini terror right now, and a lot of it's due to McDavid, who I'm pretty sure contributes to no hyperbole, like 85% of their goals, which is not sustainable, but is there's something. I mean, obviously he would like to not have that happen, but it's yeah. unbelievable how good this kid so is. So who's your MVP right now? Then? Uh, Wow. So far, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys who are playing like. There's a lot of guys playing really, really well right now, who are getting a lot of attention. But there's a couple who are not getting an, a lot of attention at all. Um, the big Patrick one is Kane? Patrick Kane. Patrick yeah, Kane, the yeah. big one's Patrick Kane. He's currently leads the league in goals for a Blackhawks team that is really? again not that good. I thought Pasternak was leading the league. He was until about two nights ago when Patrick Kane scored a hat trick and Patty. overtook the lead. But he, uh, Patrick Kane is one of those guys who I think doesn't get enough attention, period, because he doesn't, like, put up huge numbers. But he's playing unbelievably, and I think uh, um, Forsberg on the Predators is playing unbelievably, too. He's tied the league, league in goals. He's now got 11, too, along with Patty Kane. Uh, he had a hat trick the other night as well. And uh, for your fantasy team, Zach. I know. Big fan. Yeah, 28 fantasy points popped against me, luckily. I came back and won. Peter, uh, Peter's the best record in that. Only, only team with a winning record right now. Wow. He's 3-2. That's very impressive. 3-1. and one. Yeah. My team's a wagon, Sam. Mm-hmm. Jordan Stahl's been a real... Jordan Stahl. Talk about... That's going to die down. Wait wait for that to... Your team's in trouble when he stops producing. Yeah, my but, team's yeah but Sid's going to pick My team, up. when Toy Crew comes back... <clears throat> Which is tomorrow, by the way. Absolute wagon. Yeah. You know who's been bad lately is Landis Cog. He hasn't been really doing well for me. Landis Cog? He's had two bad games in a row, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's really? Had two bad games. Yeah. Fourth in his 82 goals. That line, Landis Cog's like fourth in league scoring. Yeah, I know. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, like, he's had a few games recently where he hasn't been as good fantasy wise for me. Jeez. Oh. Well, don't be too hard on the guy. I mean, he's, he's playing unbelievably right now. That whole line is. That's. Uh, I, I I was wrong. He had twenty four the other day. <laughs> yeah. No, he had he had he had a game he had a game where he had two. That's one. And right before that, he had ten. So like for his standards, I was like, oh, he's not doing super well. But yeah, he's had twenty four. So yeah, Pete, he's got he's one back the lead league in scoring, and he's got sixteen points in twelve games. Oh yeah, him him and Pasternak right now are are carrying my team. team. Yeah, and, and Sid. Yeah, so Sid's that's uh, that's popping bottles. Uh, yeah. Episode two, I think we. We won the World Series last night, and honestly, yeah, nothing else night. matters than that. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at Pop Bottle Sports. Our website, 
poppinbottlesports.com. We own that URL. I'm just sitting in the studio just trying to get to you, baby. But the song's so fucking dope, girl, it's hard not for me to play. Tell the truth, if she was you in this book that I was playing. So I'm just sitting in the studio just trying to get to you.